Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, That means you're basically like a VIP member. And there's two different levels that you can, you know, subscribe to. And you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get... Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get... Um, First dibs on signing up for a live show. You get episodes with no commercials. You get our video because our video is no longer available on YouTube. It is only on Patreon. And the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows. So if you are far away and you couldn't make our last live show, it will be on the website. We're going to record this future live show. It's going to be on Patreon, but also bonus episodes each month. You guys tell us all the time you want more episodes. This is a way for you to get more episodes. So you're going to get our basic Tuesday Thursdays that we always put out, right? But if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. I can't wait to talk about in detail some more stories because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> they just unsubscribed. <laughs> they. This is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. So if that is breaking some of your hearts, just go ahead and subscribe now. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Okay, let's do this. Hey, y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. Thirsty Thursday. Let me tell you, I've been pretty thirsty lately and I'm in another trial. Another trial. There's always a trial. I know. This one is an ex-football player. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one? Um, Travis was Rudolph. telling me about it a little bit. He yeah. played a little bit for the Giants. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, I've watched a lot of trials in my days. And this, the the people who are like his ex-girlfriend and her siblings and the people who have like... The victims, I guess they're not really victims. They are the most condescending, the worst. rude, um, 
just they have the worst court behavior and they're so disrespectful to the judge and just to everybody and they're like this one guy is like i don't know i don't really care what the jurors think and like raspy and the girl it is so bad but it's so good he's he's convicted of murder like oh no. yeah for it pisses me off because they have it's fucking florida like you get away with anything in florida stand your ground law What's the guy's name that shot Trayvon Martin that got off for that, for that same stand your ground law? Um, and he was actually defending his home, like this guy oh, was. Oh, yeah. And he was, a, was he about to go to the, he was in the NFL. He was in between NFL and like Canada Travis, League or something. One? Yeah. He was in the NFL. Uh-huh. He had had like a ACL, I guess he tore his ACL, he got hurt. And then he got, he was about to go to Canada to be in the CFL. Um, and then he was date, well, this girl, he was just a little side piece. So he was hooking up with some other girl and this girl he was messing with. Her name is Dominique, I think. Um she finds out that he's messing with this other girl and she sees the phone and then like FaceTimes the girl and was like, tell her that you're with me or whatever. Turns and she out was, this married. Girl was married yeah. and she said she didn't realize that you could be, she thought you could be married, separated or divorced. She thought that you had those three op- options. And so he didn't ask her if she was married and she didn't think it was her business to tell him that she was married and because <laughs> she in her mind was separated. Oh, so she Stupid. goes and she texts her brother and she's like, you need to go and shoot his shit up. Yeah. That's exactly what, shoot his shit up. Brother then grabs three other friends and his posse and goes over there at midnight and they park down the street. They go bang on his door. His brother comes out cause he's living with his mama and his brother. Brother comes out, confronts him. One of the, one of the guys of the four posse group, pulls out a gun so travis runs inside grabs his ar-15 and then all the little four dudes run to the car to run away and he's like firing his ar and they uh in he ends up like shooting like 39 rounds gosh into the car one guy gets shot three times and then one guy dies um but they are on these so like it's all it's on three, a ring. It's three of the four guys have testified and the ex-girlfriend and they have no remorse. They're all, they're just like, they don't look, they don't even look at the attorney. They're looking down. They're just like leaning over. They're like, Oh, this is such a waste of time. Why am I even here? This is so stupid. Like they don't even care. Yeah. And this guy, it's just, they, they need to be the ones that are on trial going to jail. Mm-hmm. Cause they, the, what, what a lot of people that I've, been watching it with her saying that they had they planned a hit on him like they knew they went with guns like they came yes. with guns they came back and they came and they knew what they were going to do but they didn't expect other people were there because they didn't know they didn't know there's gonna they thought it was just the one guy so they're like four against one and then his brother comes out it's a whole thing it's bad Whew. yeah i'm kind of scared how that's going to turn out um so you'll have to let us know. Oh, I sure will. Okay. So for the story today, first off, if you haven't done so yet, live show, live show, live show, Patreon, then live show again. Patreon, if you want new shows, 
brand new listeners, this is our full episode. Um, but if you want more, you can go and subscribe to our Patreon because you're going to get bonus episodes for the month and probably some random live stuff, just like what Caroline just did on Patreon. Because if you're a court TV watcher, she'll give you all the updates. I will. Um, also, the live show is coming up in a couple of weeks, June 24th. Cultivate 712, downtown Waco. You're going to get two quick stories and the episode zero of Dirty Chad. It's written. We need to record it. You guys get to listen to it before anybody else does. Okay. Um, And if you want to stay longer and hang out, there has been a VIP option added to that. It's a mixer option. So when we're done, we just want to sit down and hang out and have a drink. You guys can hang out with us at the Underground Speak Easy called the Undercroft. If you're VIP, if you're not VIP, then get out later. Just kidding. We love you, but you got to (laughs) go. You can't stay here. Can I tell you where we're going today? Uh, yes. Oh, and by the way, George Zimmerman was the guy. Zimmerman, yeah. Uh, where are we going? Let me see. Are we going back to Texas? Of course. Well, we're going to start off in Georgia. We're going back to Texas? <laughs> I should have known. We're, we're going to start off in Georgia, but we're going to end up in Texas. Mm. Are we going to ATL? Atlanta? Where are we going? I don't know Atlanta? where we're at in Georgia. Mm. Just Georgia. Okay. Um, and I'm going to introduce us to a new vocabulary word. We introduced we introduced it on Tuesday. Oh, during our quickie episode. Yeah, fratricide. We learned what that was. We did killing of a brother. This is a sorocide episode. It is. It is. I had lit- I had no <laughs> idea that that was even a thing. I didn't either. Sorocide. You, you just made it up, didn't you? No. I saw it when I was looking at this story, and I was it sounds like, like an "Oh, Sora! Oh, sorority sister! Okay, I get it." I feel like it might be STD or STD. Um, Sorocide: the killing of the act of killing one's sister. It's actual sister, or like a like just a friend that's a girl, sister, sister, yep. yeah, sorority sister. Now, a word from our sponsors. I'm your puzzle pal, and I'm going to tell you about my latest obsession, Wongo Puzzles. These things are the real deal, folks. They're high quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge, but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I've been there. (laughs) And I might still be there. But... I got one of these actually for Christmas. I loved it. I did it and I was so proud of myself. And they have all these cool designs and you need to go to wongopuzzles.com and use our discount BHH. You get 10% off. And I really want to know if you'll order one of these puzzles. How, what'd you think about it? Because it's so fun and I need to order like five. Cure hydration. If you are obsessed with your hydration like I am, this may be something good for you. This is something that is so easy. Forget about the Gatorade. That just dehydrates you even more. And if you don't like the taste of coconut water, try Cure Hydration. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N, dot A-I, slash B-H-H, 
20. This is vegan. It's no added sugars. It's just a little packet you could put in your water. Or if you're really smart during happy hour, you could put it into your Tito's. It is just as effective as an IV drip. And it's if you do not like the taste of water, it's not as boring as water. Not as sugary as the sports drink. And if you're an athlete, it'll give you the best performance. Or if you just get brain frog or headaches because you do not stay hydrated. Brain frog? Brain fog. (laughs) The solution is cure hydration. So go to that link, enter the code. You can go to my offer link. It is zen, Z-E-N dot A-I slash B-H-H 20. Cure hydration. Sister blood, blood, blood. Okay. So we're going to start off in Florida, but we're going to go to Abilene. Now, Caroline, this story is going to get deep. Um, and we'll just say trigger, 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 oh. because it is another kid killing. Okay. Here we go. Uh, but this one is a kid killing a kid. Now I've, oh. we've done a lot of episodes and we often talk about these parents that lose their kids, right? Mm-hmm. It's can't imagine it. Um, but it happens every day. And I especially think about these parents that lose their kids to violent murders. So like Gabby Petito's mom, right? The um, Ethan Chapin's mom and all the Moscow, you know, yeah, yeah, Idaho. Like how their parents are feeling. Not only did they lose their child, but to horrible violence, right? Yes. But I often wonder about the parents of the murderer, too. So like we were just talking about Roberta Laundrie. And people are hating Roberta Laundry right now, but she is to a mom. And she mm. can't even mourn her kid because her kid is hated because her kid is a murderer. So then I'm thinking about Brian Koberger's parents right now. Like, think his sister got fired because she's the sister more of for a the murderer. Koberger parents than for the laundry. For the laundries. Um, I mean, she. Basically they said, have I have, I'll give you a shovel and I'll, b- I'll bring gr- garbage bags and I'll help bury the body. I'm down for whatever, mama. Okay. So. But yeah, that's, that is, that is hard because you, you don't want to feel bad for the murder or for the alleged murder. You don't want to feel bad for them. And then you just hate, you don't like them. And then you just don't like their family automatically. But it's like, they didn't have anything to yeah, do with but, anything. And uh-huh. then now they're just scarlet letter on them. You know, <sighs> yeah. Kind of thing. Mm. And I'm really not sure which one's worse. Oh, well, I think it's worse to be the parent of the one who's murdered, because at least if you're the parent of the one who is the murderer, you can still talk to your kid. Yes. I mean, in a way. Yeah, I d- yeah. and I thought about that, too. But, but then on the other hand is, like, Gabby Petito can always make a great Facebook post and share a memory about her kid, you know, a great memory and people will sympathize it and they'll heart it. And, you know, they'll always think of her because she doesn't have her daughter because her daughter was viciously killed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Roberta Laundry can never 
probably have a conversation with anybody about her son Mm -mm. because nobody's going to give a shit. So not only you can't talk to your son because he's dead, but you can't talk to anybody about your son because they probably are not going to give a shit because your son committed murder. It doesn't change the fact that Roberta's the same mama, you know, a mama just like Gabby Petito's mama's a mama. So that's, I don't know which one's worse. Mm. I don't know. Both of them's hard. But what if you have to deal with being both at the same time? I know. That's like suicide? The kid, your child killed themselves? Nope. Oh, they killed their sibling. Yes. Oh. Yes. That throws a well, big loop Obviously, in it. you did something wrong. So <laughs> let's You did something t- wrong if your kids are killing. Well, that's like that one kid we talked about with the 12-year-old. Anna? <sighs> Is it automatically that mama's fault because the 12-year-old did that? Well, we something don't know you yet. did is not was not uh, accurate it was not the best something decision. was wrong. well no something was wrong so let's meet charity bennett charity bennett is a mother of paris and ella bennett she had two beautiful kids but something goes horribly wrong and let's talk about it so charity grew up in georgia and she came from a very um well-off privileged lifestyle like home life mm-hmm. she went to a private school They lived in big, nice homes, on big, nice land, on big, nice ranches. They had nice cars. She had all the animals, horses, livestock. Um, She never wanted for anything. Her parents owned a big, um, like, worldwide trucking company, and that's how they got their money. But when she was only six years old, her mom was arrested for allegedly killing her daddy. See? Okay, so there's going to be so many red flags that we're going to have to call them out, and we're Mm. probably going to have to drink. Yep. So take a drink because there's a red flag. Now, they, her mom and dad had just remarried. They had been married once before, only for a year, but daddy cheated on her constantly. She left him. They decided to get back together. They remarried. Charity was so happy, but 57. They remarried. Yeah. Oh, God. Each other. Okay. The same, yeah, they remarried each other. Okay. Mom, dad, divorced. You know, there's a reason that, that you divorced. That you divorced. Sweepy's mom and dad did that. Oh, no. Are they together still? <laughs> no. Oh, no. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Never. I just don't think it'll ever work. Sorry no. to bust your bubble, but you just go back and you If it worked times, for you, you guys let us know. Yeah. They were only married for 57 hours. There it is. <laughs> yep. Let's. And her daddy, Charity's daddy, was gunned down, shot several times in the back of a head by just an unknown random person. Wow. There was what? no witnesses. Oh no. oh, no. But you know who was going to inherit all the money and the life insurance and the trucking company? Mm. Wifey, Wifey of 57 hours. Paperwork was done. (laughs) Paperwork was done. And so Kyla, which is my wife, that was Charity's mom. She was going to get everything. So I smell a motive. Are you sure we're not in Utah? Not in Utah. It sounds a little Utah-ish. Sounds a little Utah-ish. Now, Kyla went to jail um, and she went to trial. 
And this was a big deal in Georgia because this was a big, rich family. And there was this, you know, alleged murder. She was acquitted because she got up on that stand and she said that her husband was involved with the cartel, that he was running drugs, that he was smuggling drugs and created all this stuff. But what she also created is reasonable doubts. So she was acquitted, and she got all the money, got the company, and she, her plan worked out. Nobody, they, the real killer, if it wasn't her, was never caught. So he, she, her dad never got justice for his death, or she never got justice oh. for her dad's death. Now, Charity didn't have her dad, um, but her and her mom, you know, lived on. Her mom later got married seven more times. Seven? Seven in different states. Le- like co- legit, like seven? Seven, actual- yeah. A couple in Georgia, a couple in Texas. Um, and Charity all grew up always feeling like she was second. Clearly. She was not very important, not a priority in her mom's life. And she vowed at an early age that she would never do that to her kids. I mean, what is this lady doing to get married seven, to get seven guys? I don't know. Her? I don't even know what she looks like. She Maybe she, she looks decent. some magical. Maybe it's all the land that she had, and these guys just wanted to be a cowboy, be a rancher. <laughs> I think they did. I think they <laughs> wanted to plant their seeds in a ranch. Now, Charity was very, very smart, so smart that she got to skip 10th grade, and she graduated early with honors, but, like, basically the next day, she found a drug called heroin, and she started oh, shooting up. No. Yeah, it's oh. a little red flag. Slight, slightly red. And, like, overnight, she became a full-blown addict. Don't try it, kids. Don't try Never it. Never try Because you anything. might like it, and then you're going to have scabs on your face. And no teeth. She actually said the first time she did it, she knew she was addicted. What does heroin do? I, I don't know. I don't give a shit. It's, li- well, what they say like is like zombie? your first high feels so good that you're constantly always chasing that right, same yeah. high and you never get it again. Is that what the spoon thing? You like do a spoon and you light it on, like you light the spoon or, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Crack. I think you could do that to a, a lot of the drugs, can't you? Because you just light it and then you just... How do you with even the syringe? learn to do all this stuff? You watch the other people around you. How do people learn to like roll joints? Mm, yeah. How do you learn how to smoke? I don't know how to smoke and inhale. Like a cigarette. I don't know if you... Practice. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. So now, Charity's mom was a very supportive addict parent because... Oh, that's nice. She kicked her out of the house immediately. But she did give her $100, and she says, you take this $100, and you can do one of two things. You can use it, and you can go find you some help, $100, or you can use it to go find a place to go overdose. <laughs> it was very good. Very good. Very good advice. Whenever you have, whenever there's a break, I have a story about a homeless guy, but... Continue. Don't be offending our our. No, our, this is not an offense. This is just about somebody. It's, <laughs> Remember our one lady. Yes, that was like, yes, but that was she's a, still mad That at was us. a dire situation. I'll, let's just really quick. I'll just say, I have I know somebody who they offered a guy on the side, uh, a homeless guy, a job, and they're like, hey, come 
you need a job. Obviously, you were holding a sign saying you need money. He was like, oh, yeah, I do. But let me, um, I got to work on this side for a little bit longer so I can pay whatever he's paying for. I don't know. Rent. Um, But then when he was supposed to show up a couple days later, and obviously he never showed up. Yeah. They make more money on the road. They make more money out there. One of the guys beat up another guy because he was on his corner. He was like, this is like a prime time location. Like he whooped his ass. He was on prime. McLennan County mugshots page. Oh, are they back up? <laughs> They're back up. Okay. Up and going. Okay. So Charity was like, I'm not going to do either. I'm going to use my money wisely. He, she spent only $50 on drugs. And oh. she used the other 50 on gas where she went to Tennessee, Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga. I might have made that up. And she got clean there on her own, no facility, just kind of cold turkey, which that has to be hard on heroin. Um, And then she enrolled at the University of Tennessee because, remember, she is so smart. I'm really expressing a lot of this stuff because I want to get to – I want to just tell you a little bit about charity before I get to what's really going to happen. But So she's a student at the University of Tennessee, but she feels like shit because she still craves drugs – and, you know, people do drugs for a reason, to deal with stuff, to cope with stuff. And if the drugs go away, you still are sad or you still don't know how to cope you unless you figure that up, yeah. right? So she was like, the pain was still there, but the drugs weren't there to help me deal with that pain. So she kind of felt worse. Mm. So she gave herself a deadline. She was like, if I'm not, if I don't feel better in three months, I'm going to buy a bunch of drugs and kill myself by overdose. Like, she basically had it marked on the calendar, like, three Mm. months, right? So, she, two months later, she found out she was pregnant instead. So, this changed everything. Baby changes everything. She was pregnant with a little boy. He saved her life, basically. <gasps> and remember when she was young, she was so devoted. She said that she would always devote her life to her kids. She wasn't going to do like her mom did and mm. make her mm-hmm. kids feel like shit. Mm-hmm. So she devoted her life to Little Paris is what she named him. Little Paris? Paris. Oh, <laughs> not, not Little Paris. <laughs> not Little Paris. Paris. So the daddy, Paris's daddy, was around for a little bit, like the first year and a half. But he kind of... Went a little crazy and was officially diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Ever heard oh, of it? Hell. Yeah. I've yeah. Heard yeah, I've heard of it. Watch who you share your DNA with. Now, she was like tw- uh, I mean, probably they 21, did drugs 20 together. or 21 years old. Uh-huh. Well, since she's known him, she's been clean. She's only been down there for, for not even three months. So within her first two months of being there and being clean, she got pregnant. So they've only known each other for two months. So she has not been, because I wondered, I had to dig to see if he was a drug baby, if Paris was going to be a drug yeah. baby. But this is when she was clean, what? allegedly from the story. Right. Now, Daddy um, had paranoid schizophrenia, and he had audible and visual hallucinations. Oh, that's got to be Exhausting. Big deal. It's got to be exhausting, though, because, I mean, you can't help that, right? Like, that's a mental disease. Yeah. That has to be so exhausting. He eventually left. Like, he was no longer a part of their life. It was too much for for them to deal with, and he had to get his own. So, Paris never had a dad. Yeah. 
So now it's her and just Paris for some years, and these were good years. She eventually met another guy named Jonathan, and she got pregnant by Jonathan. But Paris was not happy about this. Oh. Paris actually threw a full-blown fit, banged his head on the ground, on the wall, threw all the glass in the house, and said that he did not want to share his mom with another kid. Okay, is schizophrenia hereditary? I think it is. Because sounds like it is. Yeah. Does kind of sound like it because jealousy is a nor- is is a common reaction, you know, when a, a sibling is going to have a new s- another sibling, you know, there's this knee jerk reaction of, oh, I'm not going to be the favorite anymore. I'm not going to be the only one anymore. But that's extreme, right? Yeah. So, um, throughout the pregnancy, he did not want to acknowledge it. When somebody asked him about it, he did not respond. He wanted to pretend that it wasn't going to happen. And so Charity was just like, she was just hoping that when baby Ella is what her name is going to be, came that he would fall in love and it would be different. And it was because on April 12th, 2002, Ella was born and Big Brother Paris fell in love. I was like, typically kids who are like little kids, they get excited they when mommy's excited. pregnant yeah. and like, oh, there's a baby. And like the parent is like getting the kid excited for and they're like, your little sister's in here. Like, listen, mm-hmm. and, like, they're kick- like and this is she's in mommy's belly and they like. Yes. Typically get excited. Typically. And I did just look up and it says 90% of schizophrenia is hereditary. Hereded- 90% yes. hereditable. It's hereditable. Yeah. Hereditable. Wow. Hereditary. Um, but I also think that Paris kind of felt like a new little family was being formed and that okay, he good. wasn't part of that family because here's this oh. new guy. Oh. Right. And now they're going to have this kid together. Well, yeah. And where was Paris going to fit in this like new kind of family you unit? Know, sometimes you just got to be that middle child. Just <laughs> goes astray. Just deal with it. You find your way eventually, but you know, whatever. It's fine. Just it ended up being fine because fine. he loved. Little Ella, and he was a great big brother. Now, Paris was also very, very, very smart. And his teacher said that he had the vocabulary of, like, college graduates in the fifth grade. Like, he was uh, that I, smart. I do he was rem- very articulate. I've had that. Same. They've told you that, yes, too. Told that I thought so. Yeah. Um, Ella was described as gorgeous she was sweet she was just the life of the party she would walk in the room and she says okay everybody can have fun now was she bubbly she was no, bubbly ish <laughs> i don't want any bubbly people now you know charity and jonathan broke up and so that little family oh. unit didn't last so very long like, yeah yeah bye he bitch. gone he gone he gone and charity ended up coming to dallas so they can be with their mom uh, okay. With her mom, Kyla, who didn't go to jail for killing the daddy, right? Oh, Kyla's still alive and around? Kyla's still alive. Oh. She's still got this big ranch in Texas, and she's she probably marriage number, number 17. 17 yeah. yeah. Um, now, she tries to start a concert promoting business, and she's working a lot at night, and she's kind of in the club scene. She's promoting these concerts, and... Being in the scene brings back some old habits. Oh, no. 
Yeah. And she falls back into drugs. But this time it's not heroin. Um, wait, is meth the next step? Or is this like... It's cocaine. Oh. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. All right, if you love smoothies or if you love your protein in the morning, you need to get you a Blend Jets. You can do that if you go into blendjet.com. If you enter the code BHH12, you get a discount. And let me tell you, these things are portable. They are easy to use. They can fit in your cup holder. You can have it at home or you can have it in your office like I do. Right this morning, I had my blueberry banana one mm, with it? some chia seed. It wasn't chunky or anything? It was very smooth. Wow. When I have it in my shaker, it is a little chunky. Oh, so this is wow. a great alternative. I love it. Um, it is battery powered, so all you have to do is plug it in every two weeks, and the battery never runs down. Oh, my gosh. I love battery-powered things. Go to Blendjets and order you a Blendjet and get a discount. Thanks, April, for sharing. Did you know you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned the bottle around to actually see what's inside. When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ew, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant-based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird Superfoods contain no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, and no sugars from highly refined corn syrup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel in to your routine. All Laird products are also made of all natural whole food ingredients and they are crafted from the highest quality all natural real food ingredients. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code BOO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. So it doesn't totally take over like I guess. I feel like heroin, you went like hardcore. Yeah, you, you went so, for heroin. So you she took a step weed, down. Coke, and then you went straight to heroin. Yeah, but now you're kind of going back. Now going she's cocaine. I guess skipped over some of. The, she's going to those steps. Yeah. She yeah, skipped yeah, yeah, over. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So she got into cocaine a little bit, um, and Paris actually knew of this, and he acted out a lot. He acted out a lot when Charity was gone, and he started being extra rough with little sister. He would punch her. Um, he was extra rough with her, and they had a hard time with this. In 2006, he pulled a knife from Charity on his mom when she told him no. Pulled a knife on her. She immediately took him to a psychiatric facility and to do a full evaluation on him, right? Okay. Well, she only let him stay there for a week, and she withdrew him, even though the doctor said he should stay here longer. We're a little concerned. Why? But why would she? She felt guilty. 
So she felt like she abandoned him. And I, she just says, we're just going to go get a new start. So they went to Abilene, Texas to start off new. Now, who's all going to Abilene? Um, Charity, Paris, and little sister Ella. Okay, so now Mama's... Mama Kyla? Oh, Kyla. Kyla. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm writing down the names. So Kyla is is Charity's mama. She's staying in Texas. So just Charity and her two kids. They're going to Abilene, and they're going to just start a fresh new start. She's going to not do cocaine anymore. She's just going to get a job and um, just try to live a normal life. And they do for a little bit, for about three months. But on February 5th, 2007, it's Super Bowl Sunday. She's at work at Buffalo Wild Wings in Abilene, Texas. I've been there. The police come in to her job, and they pull her to the side, and they tell her, Ella, your daughter is hurt. Who is watching these babies? There's a babysitter. Okay. Well, they do have babysitters. Yeah. Ella, your daughter is hurt. Now, in 2007, Paris is 13, and Ella is four years old. Okay. 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 She panics and she says, well, come on, let's go. Take me to her. And they says, well, we can't, you can't go to the house right now. It's a crime scene. She's dead. And so she's panicked. She's numb. And she says, well, where's my son? Take me to my son. Paris, where is he? The next thing they say is, well, we can't. Because he is currently in custody. Oh. He killed Ella. Oh, no. She said after that, nothing else made sense. No, nothing at all. She's definitely going straight to like, I don't know what's worse than heroin, but she's doing meth mixed with heroin. and. Abilene 911. Hello? Abilene 911. Go ahead. I, I, I actually I actually killed somebody. You think you killed somebody? No, I know I did. My sister? Okay, where's your sister now? She's in the bed. Is she breathing? No, I look. I feel so messed up. Okay, calm down, okay? I want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what's your sister's name? Her name is Ella. Ella Bennett. How old is Ella? She's four years old. How old are you? Thirteen. Is she bleeding anywhere? Yes, she's bleeding all over the bed. Because I stabbed her. What did you stab her with? A knife. Okay, where'd you stab her? Um, Lots of places. Okay, Paris, where's the knife? It's on the bed with her. I didn't mean to. I, was I, I know Paris. Okay, I want you to stay calm for me, okay? Okay, what, listen to me. Paris? Paris? You go- okay. Let me just say that sounded like the Alec Murdoch uh, 911 operator, and I think that was a really good operator. Yeah, a lot of she times they're ridiculous. Re- yes, they. Th- she was really good. She was calm, and she asked good questions. And they were all clear. I don't. In in a second, they're about to. Okay, so it kind of goes. It goes on. There is more. So it goes on. Here's the second part of the nine one one call. And I was hallucinating. You were hallucinating. (gasps) I woke up. 
and I was hallucinating. You were hallucinating? And, yes, and I thought my sister was a demon, and I killed her. I want you to start CPR, okay? What I want you to do is take her off the bed. And no, her... I know for a fact that she's dead because well, I... Do you want to go ahead and try? It might still help, okay? No, I, I don't think it'll help because... Come on, Paris, work with me. I know I stepped her lots of times. Okay. Paris? Yes? Take her off the bed and put her on the floor. Okay, hold on. Please don't hang up. I'm not hanging up on you. I thought she was a demon. Okay. Okay, she's on the floor, but I can't stay here because she's all bloody and stuff. What I want you to do is I want you to put your hands on her chest, mm -hmm. okay? And I want you to push 30 times. I want you to count. Okay. All the way to 30, and then blow two breaths in her mouth, okay? Okay. So that was the end of the call. Paris, so the police are questioning Paris. What are you thinking right now? I'm thinking he went too slow on the chest compressions. Obviously, she was, I don't know what, I don't know if it's protocol that you make them because they always make them do CPR. Uh -huh. um, it must be, but he didn't want to. And then now he's just like, almost like relive. I don't know. I feel like he's probably like, Killing her worse. Oh. Yeah, maybe. He, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's maybe how, kind of how I hear it. I guess you this? have to because what if there is like that little bitty time in between? It's like people can be revived if you can massage that's, their heart. Yeah. Right. Like my brother died and they brought him back. Right. Like his heart stopped. They brought him back. It took 20 minutes. <sighs> he ultimately died. Mm. But and so I maybe you just have to. Right. That is a lot to ask of a 13-year-old kid, and he just described a blood. He said, there's blood everywhere. I stabbed her lots of times yeah. in lots of places. Okay. He tells the police that he woke up hallucinating that his sister was a pumpkin-head demon and was <laughs> cackling at him. <laughs> oh, no. That does sound real bad. I, <laughs> I probably would stab him, too. Uh, Jack Skellington. Like, what? That's fine. The, the, there's a I movie. I would welcome them. What was Pumpkin he head. on? Did he find the heroin? He did not find the heroin. Oh, what? Oh, I forgot. He's schizophrenic. His dad yeah, is his schizophrenic. schizophrenic. Okay, so they took Charity to the house because she kept asking, I need to see, I need to go to the house. I need to see my daughter. I need to see my daughter. So they were able to un put, they put Ella in the body bag and they were able to unzip the body bag, just her head, just so she can see her daughter and she, of course, screamed and bawled, mm. and the Abilene, um, sh one of the sheriffs, said that she just was yelling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I wasn't there to protect you, I'm so sorry. Now, this is a mom, and all she knows is that her son hallucinated and killed her, her, her daughter. 
After she saw Ella, she wanted to go see her son. Where's Paris? I need to go see her. That's her firstborn son, right? I need to I go mean, see yeah, you what's like wrong. Console the kid. What happened? Know? And then, oh, jeez. Oh, so she goes up to the juvenile detention center and she runs up to him and she hugs him and she squeezes him and I. Any mother would, right? Like one kid is dead. You have yeah. another kid in front of you. You just want to hold the kid that you have left. Yeah. But he didn't hold her back. Oh. He didn't put her arms around her. He didn't even look at her. She said he seemed different. This was a different kid. She visited him in juvenile a couple times over the next week, and he just didn't seem like her kid, but he had just killed somebody. So who? hopefully he wouldn't seem normal. About a week later, Ella's autopsy report comes back. And here's where you're about to get some whiplash. Because they found out that Ella was beaten, strangled, stabbed 17 times. When the police got there, her body was face down on the floor. How do you administer CPR? Chest compressions um, backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's what I was saying. Like, it looks like he was, like, maybe started it and then kind of got back into, like, harming her worse. Started what? I don't know. I feel like whenever she's telling him to do CPR and then he's doing it and then he's seeing the these visions of, like, her being bloody and killed and maybe just wants to make her like mutilate her worse. Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe he flipped her. I don't know. Oh, like and did more to her? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, So dark. It is dark. so dark. (laughs) But that's not all they found. They also found semen on Ella's body. How do you even do that? And she had defensive wounds because she fought back. Oh, this is so terrible. I told y'all this is a lot. Take a drink. If you're Take driving, honk your horn. Is, can do I something. insert a joke or something? Like, oh. Okay. Now, during this time, they have also been interviewing Paris. Doctors have evaluated Paris. And Charity also had to be investigated because guess what, Charity? One of your kids is dead, and your other kid did it. Yes, they're going to investigate you to make sure you didn't abuse them physically, sexually, verbally. But where was the babysitter? Here Remember? we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Because Charity's asking the same thing. Charity's like, wait, where's where's the babysitter? Where's the babysitter? So, they had found out. I'm in the FBI. Right? Police found out that a babysitter was supposed to be there that night. But where was the babysitter, Caroline? Perfect oh, timing. If the babysitter was like my old babysitter out in the car with her boyfriend. <laughs> so they find out that a 20-year-old Hardin-Simmons University student, so it's a college down there in Abilene, go Cowboys, was babysitting them that night. She took them to eat Chinese food. They came home and they watched Alice in Wonderland. She put Ella to sleep in the bed. And Paris went to his room because he had homework due the next morning. He was working on his homework, right? Well, about 10 p.m. that night, Paris came in and told... The babysitter that he had just talked to his mom and she said that she's going to be on her way home and that she can go ahead and go 
that he I they're meditated. fine. He what? convinced evil the <laughs> kid. I don't feel bad for him anymore. Okay, that he convinced the babysitter to go home, and she was like, "Okay, deuces," and so she left. Now, are you switching? Do you still think he's schizo? Oh no! So he hated his sister from the very minute she was a little seed. A seed. They also learned that he had been watching BDSM. Who's Chunky? He's Chucky. Oh, he's Chucky. They had also learned that he had been watching BDSM for hours at a time for a long time. Snuff porn. Do you know what snuff porn is? Yeah, the horrible, violent, like porn. Yes, it's like you have to watch people get acts of violence. Yes, it's in porn. Yeah, it's like the dark web. How does he even know about the dark web? He's how does he even have enough? This is why, right here, how does he even know? He has an IQ of 142. That was Jeffrey Dahmer's. Oh, that is Casey just drove off the road. Casey did just drive off the road. That is. She's gonna go look at him, be like, "There's no way." Doctors also told her that he was a sociopath. They used sociopath and psychopath interchangeably, and the when the doctors were referring to him throughout, like my research, both. But I don't, I don't know the difference, and so maybe I should have oh, looked that I up. I do know the difference because Dirty Chat is a sociopath. Okay. But not necessarily a psychopath. Okay. But what's the difference? Well, sociopath, you're more like about you, you have no empathy, and you're all about you, don't, you will get the people closest to you, and you will hurt them. But psychopath is like you're actually like you don't care about anything and anybody, I think. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's, you know what? Those are really terrible definitions. <laughs> but he also they also diagnosed they also said that he had pathological narcissistic traits with an IQ of one forty two. Now, you know, in about ten minutes, I'm going to come back with the definition of both. Police also said that when they interviewed him, that he would attempt to try to cry. Oh, he has. He was a sociopath. He, but, he was, but there were no tears. He made noises like he was crying. He would wrinkle up his face. You have no feelings. But he had. Like you can't yeah, feel. He faked emotion throughout the interview, and they had notes in their reports that they did. Um, and so when she heard all of this, she now knew that he did not hallucinate at all that he made that up. He was smart enough to know because he knew his dad was a schizo and he knew that that's exactly where people's mindset would go if he said he hallucinated. What? So he knew what he was, but he knew if he said hallucinations that they would just think he was schizophrenic. So she went to go visit him in juvenile after she found all this out and it's about like a week and a half after the murder she went in there and she says you're a liar you did this on purpose you did not hallucinate um they're calling you a sociopath and she said the minute she said that 
His eyes went black. Do you remember who else? I do. I actually have seen eyes go black before <laughs> in my real life. They, mm-hmm. Ted Bundy's eyes used to go black. I've um, experienced seen it, it and it was quite, uh, it was very interesting. It was, uh, you can't, I don't know. Yeah, I did. That's that's that, how people describe listen it. Listen like, to the Patreon because I will tell you about it because <laughs> it was so weird. It was like a different. It was literally a different person entity. Uh huh. So what they describe it as, they take off their mask. Yeah. Their yes. whole demeanor changes. So weird. the eyes go black. Yes. The whole demeanor changes, and that's exactly what happened to Paris. And you know what he said about fucking time. You're all dumbasses. Nobody knew the real me. You're all so fucking stupid. Yes. A 13-year-old kid is telling his mama, like, basically, I fooled you guys for 13 years. Sociopath. Lack of remorse built, lack of remorse, but guilt and empathy may be present in some cases. Some emotions are felt, rage. Some are shallow and fleeting, may call, may form close attachments to one or few individuals, constant lying and deception, repeated violations of the law, aggression, and reckless behavior. What's psychopath? Psychopath, lack of guilt, remorse, or empathy, pretending to feel emotions, inability to form emotional attachments, tend to be successful, dishonesty, manipulating behavior, narcissism, superficial. They He's sound all very similar yeah. to me. I'm sure there's some more... Um, mm, but like definitions that the um psychologist can wow i think it's just kind of i think a lot of it comes from um past like who you're around what is it called nature versus nature? Uh-huh, uh-huh. i don't know i could be i'm not a i'm this is not a medical diagnosis <laughs> continue she also mentioned the semen that was on him and on on ella and when she said that, he flipped the table over on her and hit the wall and walked out the room. He refused to talk to her. Like, she tried to go back and continue to visit him. He refused. He would tell the guards, no, no, no. Now, because what they found out. Because it's like once they get caught uh-huh. in their lies... Then they are. Then they can like flip a cut. They're like they can cut you off so yeah. easily, mm-hmm. and they can just be like, "You never existed. You're dead to me." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were always. You're always dead to them, or like you never really meant anything, but you were serving a purpose. Yes. And so now that he didn't have to wear this mask anymore, yeah, um, he didn't really need her. Like he knew what she was. She knew what he was. That's now, a great way to explain it. Okay, so he walked out. They also let her read the doctor's notes from when she admitted him into the psychiatric hospital. Remember I said he pulled a knife on her um, when they were living with Kyla, the grandma? Mm-hmm. And she put him into the psychiatric hospital, and she only let him stay a week. Well, the doctors told him no, told her no, because he's not ready. The note said that he was actually um, obsessed with killing and had homicidal and suicidal ideation. 
but they did tell her that she should be careful with him. So they warned her. See, I think that's She took him home anyways. She took him home anyways. Three months later, he killed Ella. Oh, Oh, So had she kept him in the hospital, maybe her daughter would be dead. Maybe. I don't know. Now, Paris um, finally eventually admitted that he had been wanting to kill for a while. He said that he initially planned to kill his mom, but realized that the ultimate punishment would not be to kill her. But to give her a lifetime of punishment and no better way to do that than to kill her kid and have her other kid in jail for killing her kid. Why did he hate her? He had hate. That is ultimate. Like that's calculated. That was well thought out. That is ultimate hate. If he would have just killed her, he said that would have just been like 15 minutes of misery. Okay, but on the 911 call, it did sound like he was crying. Sound. I mean, it did. Mm-hmm. I know. So did the girl you just talked about, <gasps> the 12-year-old. Oh, my God. That's why I, that's why I said she's so sociopath. And you, you said... Uh, Poor thing, it's so heartbreaking. And I was like, nope, she's a sociopath. (laughs) Because I'd just done this story. A psychopath. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, That's why I think I'm still alive, is because I just was with a sociopath, not a psychopath. Not a psychopath. (laughs) Now, the investigation, of course, has to start, and then there has to be a trial because you got people that want Paris, like, in jail for life. And then you got people that think Paris is sick and that he needs to be in a mental institution. And so she's literally in the middle. And so she describes how she literally goes to go meet with the defense attorney. Mm -hmm. She leaves there and goes to meet with the prosecutors because they're both representing her kids. That's so true. In the courtroom, she's torn. Why is there even a trial? Why is there (laughs) even anything? Obviously, I mean... I don't know. Okay. In the courtroom, she was torn on which side to sit on. Oh, really? Yes. So torn because you got Ella that was killed, but she's not there. But you do have one kid left. Who hates you and planned (laughs) your demise from day zero. But in her mind, he's a 13-year-old. Like, could he be helped? She doesn't really know about, like, what a sociopath is or she anything yet. She's thinking. She just go straight to the meth. She's, yeah. <laughs> skip over everything and just, just go, go back straight, to heroin. Just go straight back to drugs. So. Oh, no. The judge puts a chair in the middle of the oh, aisle for her no. so she can sit in the middle so that she does not have to feel like she just chooses a side. Even though. He does not give a shit. No. It's no feelings at all. Zero. He was eventually sentenced to 40 years in prison, but will be eligible for parole after 20. You know when that is? In 2027. No! This happened in 2007. Because it happened when he was 13. You know how many child killers? We're about to all go down in like seven years, five years. Um,. I got a, what's his name? Paris. What's his last name? Uh, Bennett. 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 Paris Bennett. 
He was transferred to an adult facility when he turned 18. Now, while he was in all these facilities, she requested and paid for so many evaluations because she wanted to know about him, about his mind, about, like, why. And one psychiatrist finally pulled her to the side and said, quit wasting your money on these evaluations and save it for when he gets out. And when he does, you need to move away, change your identity, and never contact him again because when he gets out, he will kill you. I believe it. You know what she does? Goes to visit him every month. (laughs) Well, I hope she got her funeral. But that's what I tell you is like, that's a mother's love. Like, so we're... Is this what Roberta Laundrie was doing? Is she just was being a mom? Was this on the show with Piers Morgan? Yes. Yeah, I was about to tell you about oh, that. I did. Okay. What? This is him when he was little. Look how cute and normal oh. he looked. Oh. But right now, that's what I'm about to get to. Um. She does not listen to him because she constantly, she still goes and visits him. They write letters all the time. Does he act like he likes her? Oh, he needs her now. Oh, shit. Because he wants to get out. So, um, she moves to San Antonio for a little while, but she does not give him an address. I think, I don't know if he sends it to a P.O. box or how it happens. Um, she eventually moves to Georgia and doctors and prison staff have come forward saying that he has tried to manipulate staff to try to find out what her current address is. He wants to know where she's living. Why do you think? Mm-hmm. He's trying to go up and just stab me, stab He me. wants to kill her. He's being held in Giddings, Texas. I think it's called the Henderson unit or something. Now, she does say that she almost gave up on him twice. One is when he tried to emancipate himself from her. So when he was in a juvenile facility. (laughs) But in her mind, she was like, he's a little kid. He'll just grow and he'll mature and he'll one day feel sorry for this. He doesn't know what he's doing, right? Another time she almost walked out on him, she said it's because he, she read a letter that he wrote to one of his therapists about what he did to Ella. And he described stabbing her in detail. He said stabbing her was like stabbing a marshmallow. It went in so easy. And when he pulled it out, he pulled it out very, very, very slow. A marshmallow? He, yeah. It be sticky. Well, he was just saying, like, how soft her skin was. Like, he didn't have to exert any force, like, when he was stabbing her. Like, he did it so soft. Um, And he said that he was, he hated her and he was pissed at her. He wanted to punish his mom because she relapsed on drugs. She, he also said that he knows that he could have talked to a therapist, told a friend, or whatever, but he chose to do the most morbid thing and punish his mom. I, okay. After reading that letter, she went to go visit him, and she asked, she broke down another little girl that was about Ella's age, 
that looked like Ella was visiting her brother in jail. <laughs> oh, shit. People take their kids to jail. Clearly. And um, she started to cry, and she was like, why didn't you just kill me? Why didn't you just kill me? And he said, fucking get over it already. It's been two years. People die all the time. Will you just leave it alone? <laughs> She said that she saw, because he will turn on and turn off his remorse. Like, he would try to pull some feelings out and try to act like he's sorry. Mm. Um, But then he'll turn it off. And one day he described that there's drawers in his brain, right? Everybody has a different drawer, quote unquote. And that the Ella drawer... If he opens that up, there's he has no emotion and no feeling about her or what he did or death. Like there's it brings about no feeling. It's like looking at this table. Like I have no feeling about this table. He has no feeling about Ella and what he did. Oh, that's not a good sign. But she didn't stop visiting him. No, she didn't. You know what? What's your address, Charity? Let's just go ahead and send it to him Let's and post just send it, it on it Facebook him. and everything. Um, she said that, well, he said that he wanted to give her a lifetime of misery, and that's what she did. But if she would have just hated him, that she would have been giving him what he wanted, I guess. So she vowed to make her life better. So she did a couple things. She started an Ella Foundation where she helped victims in violent crime. She went back and, I mean, she stayed clean for forever. She went back and got some education. She wrote a book called um, How Now Butterfly. It's a memoir because she journaled after all this happened and journaled kind of like some of the verbatim conversations between her and Paris. You can listen to that. There's also a video or a lot of interviews between him and Pierce Morgan where this kid is scary. He is scary. His eyes are dark. There's no emotion, but he's very articulate. He can describe things perfectly but that's all he's doing is describing them using big old words because he does not know how things actually feel, right? Does that make sense? So they'll, like, tell him to describe what love feels like, and he'll describe it greatly, but it's not actually how he feels. So he's trying yeah. to act like he has this emotion, yeah. and he doesn't. He does he, he wants to be free he believes he should get out in 2027. Right now, he's 28 years old. He reads hundreds and hundreds of books, and he studies psychology in his spare time. He is studying how he should be acting. Um, he will talk about the murder, and he expresses expresses verbally remorse. Nothing like... Um, physically like you can't see that remorse on him and he says when he describes it he doesn't feel like he's describing himself that he's he's talking about it as if he's talking about somebody uh-huh. else yeah. like that it wasn't him that it's, it's like a totally different person kind of like yes um uh charity still loves him she still forgives him um, she had to because she did not want to live a rice uh, a life of misery. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, 
Her book came out in 2020, but in 2013, Charity had another kid. <gasps> Met a guy and had another Does kid. Does he know? And it's a boy. Does he know? Named Phoenix, yes. Oh, no. He about to kill Phoenix. In her book, she says that when he finds out about Phoenix and that Phoenix was born with a heart disorder, that he cried for Charity. He gathered up. Now, Charity says that she felt like these was real tears. He later says that he cried because she's gone through so much. She's lost him, Paris. She's lost Ella. And now there's a chance that she could lose her third kid because Phoenix has this, you know, heart mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. I had to look at her Facebook page because she's still up and she's going. And in June of 2021, she made one of her last Facebook posts. Not because she's dead. Oh, it's <laughs> like, oh, gosh. And it said, are you ready for this long story? The short version of my life. Phoenix, who is now eight years old, is still amazing. He's super smart. He has an IQ of 132. Why are these people? Are she a genius? She's a genius. Paris is a genius. Phoenix is a genius. I wonder if Kyla is a genius. Like, is Kyla the head sociopath and it's her genes that are procreating and creating these others. Like, what is the chance that Phoenix is a sociopath? Went, this is when he's 13. So he has the education of, like, ne what, an eighth grader? A fifth grader? Whatever you are in, yeah, sixth grader, I think. Whatever you are at 13. But um, I think he's finished a lot of things while he's been in college. I mean, in, in jail. But, yeah. And has read still, tons of books. That's like... But a 149, I mean, 142 IQ, he don't need education. I know. Man, <laughs> I wish I knew. So 132 IQ, funny, moody, stubborn, and very attached to his mama. This spring, what he was formally diagnosed with ADHD. I did read that sociopathy traits can look like ADHD traits when you're young. Yeah. Um, we made the joint decision to try a low-dose medication and see how it goes. Phoenix and I are both happy with the outcome. I finally took the plunge and pulled Phoenix out of public school, red flag, and began homeschooling him again. Again, Phoenix and I are both pretty damn happy with the outcome. Online schooling was not for him. Trying to fit a square peg into a round hole is not for either of us so this is probably like the year after covid because it's june mm -hmm. 2021 um were he still in public school he would have entered the third grade this august homeschool is year round for us with a two-week break about two years ago i leased my city house out and moved out to the country She's kind of giving everybody a upgrade Clearly. update mom is still dealing with stage four cancer um, at some point, it spread to her her brain, but being the badass that she is, she's still living the fullest life she can. I just make sure she doesn't fall over doing it or overexert herself. I completely walked away from my eldest child's Paris, and I have not looked back. It is one thing to be a child who makes horrible decisions. It's another thing altogether to be a 27-year-old man 
and keep making decisions that put your family at risk. The final straw was learning he was involved with a woman who lived two hours away from us that was out on bond and was planning a mass shooting. Oh, hell. Of them. Oh, no. <laughs> Boundaries had been crossed too many times. I think. I'd bought a gun, Charity. learned to shoot. I'm really good now. And said goodbye. I finally accepted it. It's okay to love him as my son, but I dislike the man he has become. I shut down the Ella Foundation permanently after 13 years of processing my trauma and helping others process their trauma. One movie, countless interviews, countless classes taught, one book, hundreds of speeches, and the setting of so many examples of love and empathy and compassion for anyone. Basically, she's setting herself up for book number two. <laughs> and that's what she says. Oh, no. I assure you, this is the short version. The long version is more complex and amusing and absurd. And that's how my life will always be. And the long version will be book number two one day. As always, much love and so many hugs to all. Charity Lee. She does not go up in it anymore. Uh, so she finally, finally cut off her sociopath. Okay, so she did. She's no longer speaking to him? After she found out he was planning her mass shooting. I mean, th if he hated Ella, I imagine know. another I, son the, exactly. with a city name. Okay, well, I'm glad that at least Phoenix. she's cut him off. Uh, well, well, at least according to her Facebook post. Yeah, we don't know what's changed since then. She oh supposedly lives in Georgia. Um, she does know that when he gets out that she will probably have to... She's going to have to move to, like, Russia or Paris. Something. She'll probably have to go to Paris. Oh, no. <laughs> no. That's terrible. Oh, but I have wow. to ask. Okay. Was she with... How do you feel about her being that loyal to her kid who killed her kid for that long? I don't have kids, so I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get wanting to go and like, but, but, but after he's already expressed or like, who was it? The psychologist that said uh -huh. that he's going to come and kill you. <laughs> I, I think at that point I would be like, okay, well, I, I, I have love for you, but you've killed my child, and you're most likely going to kill my next child, and uh -huh. you're now you're killing me. So, I mean, it's like. It's like the conditional versus unconditional love. You just got to cut them off. I don't know. I don't have a kid, so it's hard for me to be, like, over here saying, oh, it's just. Uh, it's it, was, it was hard for me, too, because I was like, man, firstborn son. I only got one son. I, I felt even bad for Roberta Laundrie because that was her only son. I only have a, one son. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, but she has other kids. That's, oh, did she? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. She. Oh, yeah. The, the sister. Yeah, because they. That's right. Went to the damn camping ground. Yeah, they and all had went a camping camp, trip camp after they knew together. that he killed Gabby. Um, That's a whole other yeah. can of worms. But I think she hopefully is going to cut him off because he's definitely, he does not need to get out of jail, first of all. I hope that. It's too clearly. that, cr yes. Yeah. Y'all go watch Pierce Morgan's. Um, they did all these interviews with him. 
And then there's a panel of psychologists kind of watching him, and they're kind of breaking down a little bit of his behavior. Oh. It's totally clear. It's totally evident. But there are some part parts where he can seem convincing. And so it just depends on the panel. Because yeah, he's that studying he's the psychology. <laughs> and he's brilliant. I hate brilliant. everything about it, and he's I wish brilliant. I was just that smart. That's why I hate it. What would you guys do? Conditional or unconditional? Would you still visit him? Cut it off. That is the Cut worst. The that is the worst position I think to be in as a parent That's ever. So bad, ever. And he raped her. And he raped her. Like that was a he little, performed a went, snuff film on his four year old sister. Why? I don't. I have so many more questions, but I'm not gonna go watch it because I have too many questions. Like where did how did he even find out it? Like what? How? Well, then again, she's gone and working, and he, your phones and all this stuff. Listen, don't get your kids porn. off. It take, goes back to porn. Take the take the TikTok away. Just take it away. This is before this, TikTok. I know, but I'm just telling all <laughs> all of you parents out there. Just take it away. Like. There's so many things that they are seeing out there on TikTok. It's so bad. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can watch it, but you can't. Your <laughs> kids can't. Oh, I don't know. That's a hard story. Take a drink. I hope you not enjoyed it. I water burger on that note. Was entertained. Okay, we will see y'all next week so for some new news. New news. And a whole new story. Yeah, and an update on any tri- Oh, I just can't wait. Um, update. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, go um um rate us and sign up for the live show. Rate us, review us. Oh, we have some good reviews. We got to read next time. Some good yes. one stars. Yes, sign up, sign up VIP if you want to hang up, hang out. And if you're one of those run one star reviewers, come to the show and check us out and tell us how you really feel in IRL in real life. In real life. Um, we will see y'all next time. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Bye. Everybody has a story worth telling. I'm Corey Duncan. On Best Story Ever, I take guests that you know through their most unique and captivating stories. The best part? I hear the story for the first time when you do. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Find Best Story Ever on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hola, yo soy Jackie. Y yo soy Jessica. Y esto es Zona del Crimen. podcast donde hablaremos sobre casos de crímenes reales y eventos impactantes que han quedado marcados a través del tiempo. Recuerden que nos pueden seguir en Facebook, Instagram o donde escuches tus podcasts favoritos. Hey, I'm Blair. And I'm Brittany. And we're the host of By the, the Cover, Cover Podcast. podcast. We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. 
Don't forget the smut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months, and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For (laughs) sure. You can find us on Instagram at bythecover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok, so don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.